Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. to God. We're going to uh, receive the Sunday morning tithe and offering. Uh, however, we're, I don't know why, but <laughs> I'm just following the Holy Ghost. We uh, take your envelope, hang on to it, and before we leave here, we'll, we'll, take, we'll receive them. We're not going to take them at this moment. I don't know why. So, do I have to know why? Are y'all okay with that? Well, if you don't know, I can't go further. Where we look by? How do we? So, just hang, hang on to that. Um, Okay. Psalms 91. It says, He that dwelleth in the... I think I read this from the uh, Amplified. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable. He who dwells. In the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable, fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can stand. Who are you with this morning? You in that secret place? And here comes the foe. But the foe can no withstand. I will say of the Lord. See, who is? I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge, my fortress. He's my God. On him I learn, I lean, I learn too, but I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror of night, nor of the arrow. The evil plots, the slanders of the wicked that flies by day. Nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction, the sudden death that surprised and lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it's not coming near you. Only a spectator shall you be. Hmm? Yourself, inaccessible. Oh, oh. In the secret place of the Most High. I mean, you'll, you, you'll see what's happening, but they can't access you because you're inaccessible. You're positioned. Are you getting this? Only a spectator, you see, shall you be. Yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as your witness and reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your dwelling place. There shall no evil befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent. For he will give his angels special charge over you to comfort you and defend and to preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. These angels, these special angels, who's been given a special charge over you, they're going to bear you up on their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. You should tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You should trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him and I will set him on high. 
because he knows and understands my name, has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love, and kindness, trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never will he forsake you. Aren't you happy? He should call upon me. And I'll get back to him. Oh, I'm sorry. He shall call upon me. And I will do what? Answer him. You got trouble? I'll be with you in trouble. Huh? And I will, what's he going to do with your trouble? I'm going to deliver you. And while there, I'll go ahead and honor you. <laughs> huh? Deliver you and honor you. Huh? He'll deliver you and write you a check. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I said, ooh, look, I was about to go banger up. He said, no, you're not going. I'm here. And here's a chick. <laughs> right? With long life, I will satisfy him, show him my salvation. Can I just continue to obey the Lord? I, I, I mean, I, I'm just absolutely like, it, it, for me to figure this out would be, um, oh, boy. Jeremiah 29. Mm. Why here? Why now? I have no idea. Now, it's not, we're not going to the part that you think we're going to. The part that everybody knows about Jeremiah 29. It says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you expected end. Remember that? Then you shall call upon me, and you shall pray unto me, and hearken unto me. And if you seek me, and you shall seek me, find me. And when you search me, you find me with all of your heart. So we know Jeremiah 29, 11 by heart. <clears throat> but you don't know what was said for him to say that. I mean, you, you have to understand. And, th and this is the word of the Lord to someone. It was to me at one time. You may be questioning, what am I doing? What am I doing in this place in my life? How come I'm here? How come I am stuck in this place? How come it seems like I, I just feel like I'm, I can't break free from this? I know this is probably not for any of you, but maybe one of your brother-in-laws, you can tell him after church. You can call him tell him. Just kind of stuck in a place. It'd just be better if I could get here. I ought to just move over there. Hmm? You ever had those thoughts? Are you alive? Now, if I'd known I was going to do this, I would have went to my app and I would have learned how to pronounce these names before I got there. So I'm just going to go like, I'm going to do a Kim Cloud. I'm going to get to go. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 1. The word of the Lord is, I'll go ahead and give you the word of the Lord. Bloom where you are planted. You'll still see Jeremiah 29, 11, but for right now, go ahead and bloom where you are planted. There was a famine. That was the word the Lord spoke to me a while back. And, and I said, well, maybe I'll just go. And he said, bloom now. I said, here in this situation where you're planted. Hmm? Sometimes we just think if I could just get there, then it would, it would all work out. Bloom where you're planted now. 
you remember when there was a famine in, in, back in Genesis and they all went to Egypt and God told, who, uh, who was it? Was it Isaac? He said, stay here and go ahead and sow your seed. And there's like, there's no rain. I know, hey, but go ahead and put seed in. And I remember that Isaac reaped a harvest. Do you, know, do you remember what fold he got? Hundredfold. You remember what the conditions was? No rain. You say, well, what's the big deal? We'll try it. <laughs> Put a garden out there and it have not one drop of rain and get a hundredfold. And then you'll know what the big deal is. That's what you call bloom where you're planted. Some of you are in some logistically tough places. Uh, a lot of it may be financial. And it may be, I, I'm out of position. And if I could just get here, then things will turn loose in, in the in it's an overall, I know there might be different conditions, but uh, I feel safe in saying to everyone, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and bloom here. That doesn't mean there won't be changes. There will be changes. But the Lord wants you to go ahead and bloom now. <clears throat> Some of you have never read these verses, so listen here. Now, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent away from Jerusalem to the, re, uh, the residue of the elders, which were carried away captive. So these people are captive. They've been captured. And to the priests and to the prophets and to the people of Nebuchadnezzar who carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. After that, Jeconiah, uh, the king of the queen of the eunuchs of the princes of Judah and Jerusalem and the carpenters and the smiths were departed from Jerusalem. By the hand of to the king of Babylon, saying, verse 4, Thus saith, thus saith, see, some said, I didn't know I could do it. You can do that. You have my permission. Or you can just go through it and butcher their names. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Uh, now, watch here. Now, 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 listen to who the Lord's speaking to. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. What am I going to do during this time? Go ahead and build a house. Amen. Dwell there. Go ahead and plant you a garden. Eat the fruit of them. Take wives, beget sons, daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that they may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captives and pray unto the Lord for it in the peace. Therefore, you shall have peace. So he said, the place that you don't like being, pray for that place. Pray for the leaders of that place. Pray for, the, pray for that city. Pray for that company. Pray for that organization. Go ahead and instead of having an escape mentality, say, we're, we're going to plan here. We, we may not always be here, but we're going to go ahead and plan here. We're going to put down roots now in our heart. Yes. Brother Hagin, by the direction of the Lord, left the church years ago, and, he, and then he went over into a place to where they were. Uh, um, he left pastoring and went on to the traveling, but he didn't really want to. And nothing was really working for him. And uh, he said, I was a traveling minister, and our income was so bad, he says, uh, he said, uh, the car was not fixable anymore. So he sold it for junk. The problem is he still had notes on it. And he said, so he had to start hitchhiking. 
Now, just think about that. I mean, this is historic, but think about it. How would you like to be a traveling minister? And how did I get to my meeting? Huh? <laughs> this is Brother Hagen doing this. He said, I had holes in my shoes, and I cut cardboard out in every meeting. If he had bus fare, he took bus fare. And when he got there, here's was his message. You can have what you say. <laughs> the next meeting. <laughs> Doesn't look like none of that works, does it? Huh? And in uh, Miss uh, Hagen, Miss Aretha, she was, didn't like him being on the road, being away from home all the time. And so she, she began to just kind of complain. No one here has ever done that, but she did. She began to complain how her husband was never home and he was never there to help with the family and the kids and all this kind of stuff. He was always on the road, didn't want enough money, nothing was working, that, that, that. And they began to murmur and complain. And so he went to the Lord with his situation. He said, we're not doing this, and we don't have this, and we don't have adequate housing, and we don't have adequate food, and we don't have adequate clothing. He said, I don't even have a car. And you said, if, if I was willing and obedient, we'd eat the good of the land. The Lord said, well, you don't qualify. And he said, that hit me a low blow. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't qualify. He says, no. He says, you were obedient to do it. He said, but your heart's not willing. You're complaining about every meeting that you have. You complain if I don't have a meeting. You're complaining about the meetings you do have. Your wife's complaining all the time because you, when, when you're gone. This, everything's, he says, you're, you're doing it, but you're not willing. And Brother Hagin said, well, you know, when you don't have a car to travel to and you don't have adequate food, he said, and we we're in a three-room house. He said, you thought I said three-bedroom. I said, no, I said three-room. <laughs> Bathroom, kitchen, and den. And uh, he said, don't tell me it takes long to get willing. He said, I went, whoop. He said, <laughs> he said, whoop, I'm willing. He said, I know it. You know it. The angels know it. The devil knows it. Everybody knows it. I'm willing, Lord. And so it, it turned around just that fast. Sometimes you're in a place and it's an uncomfortable place. Am I talking to anyone here about it or did I miss it? And sometimes the instruction of the Lord is go ahead and bloom. Here. I'm going to prove something to you right here. You know those three Hebrew children? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I mean Abednego? God was already famous, but they really made God famous in that place. Huh? Because that's not possible, right? The guy who opens the door and throws you in, they die from the flames, just the heat from the door. But the king says, what's that? He says, I see those three and someone else. He said, the fourth looks like a son of God in there. He went with them in the fire. It's time to put down roots in your heart. It's time to say, no, I'll tell you what. We're just going to go ahead and paint this blessed house. <laughs> We're just going to speak to this blessed yard and, and all the blessed neighbors in Jesus' name. Maybe where you work. Hmm? Maybe the city in which you live. Because somehow we can just think it'd just be better if I got there. God said to Isaac, stay here. Stay right here. <clears throat> Later on, the Lord delivered them from this place. But he said, for right now, he said, go ahead and plant you a garden. And pray for the people and pray for the city. And some of you is just going to be like it. It, it, you said it would just seem so impossible. Well, here's something that was said to me one time. Someone, uh, Steve Sampson, gave me a word. Y'all know who Steve Sampson is? And uh, he came and he said, uh, he said the Lord says uh, something right in the same order. He says, God wants you to bloom right here. He wants you to stay right here. 
And the harvest is going to come up in the most impossible places. He said, what I mean by impossible, he, he said, it's like someone just poured a brand new driveway, concrete driveway. And a few weeks later, grass was growing through some of it. He says, how does grass get through four inches of concrete like that? And I mean, there's just, well, it found a little crack, didn't it? It's porous. It found that the, uh, how in the world does a blade of grass come from th through three or four inches of concrete through a little bitty hole? And it may look like nothing can get to you where you are, but God is going to send your harvest to the hardest places imaginable because all things are possible. And remember, God will conduct his most serious business in an atmosphere of joy and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You are so very good. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Someone said, you think this is a football game? Yes. Man, we just got a touchdown. Jesus scored a touchdown wearing your jersey. <laughs> Amen. Take up your Bible in your hand. Everybody say, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today. Right now. Right cheer. I was taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind's alert. My heart's receptive. I'm about to receive an incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Therefore, never be the same. Never, never, never. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We'll let the children go to children's church. Praise the Lord. Or wherever they go, they may be going to IHOP. I don't know. Praise the Lord. If you do, I'll go with them. Y'all hang on. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. Are you convinced that God is a good God? Amen. Now, I was, telling the, I was telling those this morning, in, uh, as they was praying, uh, as they do every Sunday morning before the service, and again, if I can, just share just a moment that with you so you'll be at the same place as we start this morning. I said, I don't know, it's just like a, uh, when I woke up this morning and last night, it was like, a, the best way I can describe it was if uh, maybe I was more of a traveling minister and I was coming to go speak to someone and I don't know anyone, but maybe the pastor, of course. And uh, so I don't really know anybody. And I went there and, I, and I'd been given uh, an assignment, given a word. You know, someone who travels, they ought to have a word for whoever they're going. If they're just going to go teach the next Bible lesson, the pastor can do that. But... When you, when you, if you're traveling and God's sending you around the world, you ought to have a message, right? And so I kind of felt like that, like the Lord was just saying, deliver this. And I told him, I said, the way I can describe it, there's a lot of ways to do this. But it was almost like with all the hurricanes and things that's been going on and uh, how uh, our government sends um, help into that state of that region. And then they send the FEMA and the directors of FEMA go there. And they go on the grounds and they come in and they bring supplies and, you know, water and whatever they have need of, food. Uh, shelter, clothing, and they get, uh, you know, 
every all the agencies pull them together from the local and from the government and send them in there to get the thing fixed. In other words, there's a problem and FEMA comes in and, uh, and says the government's going to do this. We got you back. We're sending supplies. Don't, don't be concerned about this and we'll be here until the job's finished. That's kind of what I sensed this morning. And so we talked about this. That's the, what happened in the gospel in Corinthians is that God was personally present in Christ, which means God was in Christ. Right. And he was he came to reconcile or to make right and to restore the world back to himself. And it was God who was in Christ doing it. Well, God is still in people in Christ, in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the word the word in is the word incarnate or incarnate. And uh, which simply means God had invested himself in an earth suit. God put himself on the inside of someone. So to be incarnate means to take on bodily form or shape and to be invested in the form of. And so God put himself, invested himself in his son Jesus. And when Jesus, he came and lived and he carried out the mission of God. And then he said, I'm going to go, but I'm going to send another one just like me. And who was that? That was the mighty Holy Ghost. God. The uh, God, the son and God, the Holy Ghost, no lesser, just uh, different function. And so here he is, God, the Holy Ghost, and he's invested himself, Christ in you, in you. And so you, you are carrying that supply. In other words, it's God is in you. He invested himself in the form of a, of a flesh being the earthen vessel. You have the glory in you. You are carriers of heaven. Heaven wants to invade. So heaven's got a supply this morning. Yeah. And so I, I, I just, this word I know is, is just from him. And uh, this is not the type of word that you say, well, this is a lesson number seven that we're going to do uh, on 12 on how to study your Bible, whatever. Okay. Uh, it, it's okay to have Bible study times, but this is not what that says. This is attitude. This is, this is attitude for the saints. This is wake up for the saints. This is called takeover time. There's three of you. I said, this is called takeover time. Amen. Now, now you, 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 it's one thing to get a word from heaven. It's another thing to receive it. Amen. Huh? Amen. You know, Jesus went to his hometown and he had a word, but they wouldn't receive it. You know what he did? He left them. Well, read it for yourself. See what you come up with. I mean, I looked at the word, I looked at the word left. You know what it meant? Left. Yep, it meant left. <laughs> he, he left them. Isaiah 10, 27 says this, It shall come to pass in that day that the burden shall be taken off your shoulder and the yoke from thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed. The yoke shall be destroyed. The yoke shall be destroyed. It's because of the anointing that the yoke is going to be destroyed. There's things in the room, and God is not going to help you cope with them. He didn't send Jesus here to teach the church how to cope with their problems. He sent his son Jesus invested in flesh and he's come this morning not to help you cope but to remove the burden and destroy the yoke Amen. from off of your neck. Can you receive that word from heaven? Amen. Don't turn here but the, the Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 this is the premise of what it says. He says, I'm going to turn your mourning into dancing. I'm going to turn your sorrow into joy. 
The third verse of that says, I'm going to take your old garments of heaviness and put on a new garment of praise and you will be called the oaks of righteousness. So he says, we're going to go from mourning to what? Dancing. We're going to go from sorrow into joy. Why? Because that's where God conducts his most heaviest business. So he said, it's time for a garment change. Y'all happy this morning? We'll skip 126, Psalms 126. We read that earlier. Um, However, one translation of Psalms 126 says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, it was as if they were dreaming and their mouth was filled with laughter and their tongue with joyful songs. Then the nation said, the Lord, he had done spectacular things for them, yet the Lord has done spectacular things for us. We are overjoyed. Speaking to people who are underjoyed. We are, I'm just just reading the Bible, right? I'm just, I'm just reading the Bible. I didn't write it. I'm just reading the Bible. We are overjoyed. Amen, Pastor. Amen. Amen. (laughs) We we are overjoyed. (laughs) How many remember Ed McMahon used to come to the house and, you know, give these million dollar checks? He knocks, he's doing and the man comes up, you know, you get a million dollars, and you say, well, appreciate you coming by today. <laughs> you say, say what? <laughs> I was looking for you yesterday. <laughs> Would you be happy? <laughs> he, said, he said, these people were overjoyed. Because here's what the Lord is saying. <clears throat> now, I'm not female, you understand. But I got a message. And the government... The government I represent, it can deliver. Huh? I'm not just talking some stuff up in here. Is that okay to say it that way? Huh? Yeah. My government can deliver. Isaiah said this government, when it talks, it does it. And he says, and this government would know no end. Yeah, but now the Republicans are back in. Well, thank God for something. Hallelujah. But, but what difference does that make? Republicans or Democrats? I hadn't seen it made a whole lot of difference in, in a lot of areas, right? Look here, presidents come, presidents go, God remains. Amen. Hmm? If you got your hope in our president, now you, we should be praying for him as we should the former and the one after him if there's another one. But if that's where your hope is in the government, well, we're just hoping President Trump turns it around. You better grab something else. Right? Okay. Okay. So he said, he will restore our fortunes. Verse 4 says, I'm going to restore your fortunes, O Lord, as you restore. So one of the words of the Lord that he's speaking to you today is, it's restoration time for you. It's, it's, it's restoration time. The Lord says, I, I, I'm ready to restore. You, you, we ought to be on the same page. I mean, when you don't really know what to do about a situation or, or where you are, I always ask the Lord, say, what, what are you doing right now? What are you doing in the body? What are you doing in the church? What are you doing in my life? Find out what he's doing, then, then do that. 
instead of saying, God, I'm overdue, would you come help me? Now forget that. Find out what he's doing and get, and get involved in that. One of the things the Lord is, is wanting to do today, right now, right now, not, not, I'm not talking about we're about to come into. I get sick of hearing all that. We're about to come into this. I've been hearing about to all my life. And I know there are some things that happen the next day and the next day, but I'm talking about restore now. Yes. You know, after they died and, and you buried them, that's not a time to restore them. You know, not three years later. Seven years later, right? N -n now. Amen. Restore now. Because when the power company cuts the power off, you need some help now. <laughs> I've had that happen to me. I don't know how it happened. It's like, oh, no, you did. It's like, oh, yes, they did. And they're confident that they're going to get their money. They feel pretty sure, right, that somehow you're going to come up with some money. Right? Because nothing's going to change until you do. Y'all with me? Okay, just make sure it's the right place. <clears throat> now, so the Lord is going to restore fortunes as you restore streams. Uh, he said, the same way I'm going to restore streams to a dry riverbed. Verse 5 says, those who cry while they're plant will joyfully sing when they harvest. Verse 6 says, the person who goes out weeping carrying his bag of seed will come home singing carrying his bundles of grain. Amen. Now, I, I don't know how to explain to you what I feel on the inside at this very moment. So I can't say that. I, I, I can come up here and I could scream it. I could holler it. I could stand on a, from a tall mountain or tree and say this. But I can't put enough emphasis on what I want to say. I want to say five words. And I believe these words are a prophetical word for you. Uh, go ahead and go to Matthew chapter 8. Do we have the message translation back there? Because let's get this ready. Because the Lord wants to, us to say these words, but then he wants us to get the word behind it. And now Rick, Ricky Ricardo used to say, I explain. Right? So the Lord's going to tell us and then he's going to explain. Matthew 8. Here's the words, five words. Ready? Y'all not ready. Now y'all ain't ready. I build up that one person said, I'm ready? No, no, I ain't. No. Nah. Nah. Where's well, nice seeing you all day? Praise the Lord. <laughs> How many y'all ready for the five words? Yes. Satan, your time's up. That's it. Your time's up. Now, Matthew 8, message. Um, I think it's... Uh, I don't really know the verse. Um, I know it's about two or three paragraphs from the end of that chapter. It starts off, it says, just listen to this. It says, they landed in the country of the Gadarenes and were met by two madmen. 
Y'all know any mad men? <laughs> yeah. Uh, victims of demons coming out of the country or, or coming out of the cemetery. I mean, this is how Jesus and his people were met. Coming out, the men had terrorized the region for so long that no one considered it safe to walk down the stretch of road anymore. Now remember, what's the five words? Say it again. Seeing Jesus, the madman screamed out, What business do you have giving us a hard time? You're the Son of God. You weren't supposed to show up yet. Now, who's doing the talking? The demon and the man, right? He's saying, We knew you were coming. We knew when you came, everything was going to change. But you weren't supposed to show up yet. <laughs> Off in the distance, a herd of pigs was browsing and rooting. The evil spirits begged Jesus. I want you to get that. The, the devil begged Jesus. <laughs> if you kick us out of these men, better translation, when? Please let us live in a pig. See, he'd be trying to walk around your home. When you kick us out, can we go with neighbor's dog over there? <laughs> He's like, I don't want to. They really like dog myself anyway. <laughs> okay, I made someone mad. <clears throat> so when you kick us out of these men, let us live in the pigs. Jesus said, uh, go ahead. Get out of here. Right? Yeah. Craze the pigs stampeded over a cliff into the sea and drowned. Scared to death, the swine holes bolted. They told everyone back in the town what happened to the madmen, the pigs. Those who heard about it were angry and about the drowned pigs. Well, what about the men who were delivered? Now, I understand that could change breakfast. <laughs> a mob formed and demanded that Jesus get out and not come back. And he left them. But he came to do a work. So they said, we, we, we knew you were coming, but, you, but, but you're not to show up yet. Because we, we're still working in this region. We're still stealing, killing, and destroying from these people right here. We're trying to take this ground as ours. That son of yours, we're not through with him yet. So-and-so's body, we're still working some things on Hmm? Those finances, we're still chewing on. And they said, they said to Jesus right there, they said, <clears throat> they begged him. It looked like we got to go. Please, we want something to live in. Can we go live in that pig over there? And Jesus said, I, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, go over there. Right? Yeah. Now, what's the five words? Satan, your time's up. Now, I can deliver a message, but it's going to be something for you to do something with, with this message, okay? So, number one, demons are crying out. You aren't supposed to show up yet. This can work in any area. Remember this, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the, the righteous, the just, right? The, the Amplified says the wealth of the sinner finds its way into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up. Ooh, did you hear that? Three of you got that. Praise the Lord. Now, listen. 
the wealth of the sinner finds its way into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up for when it began. That means just looking for you. Right? Now, stay in the message if we can just a moment. Mark chapter 1, and I want to read verses 21 through 28. Mark chapter 1. That's right next to Matthew. Y'all all right? Mark 1, 27, 28, or 20, 21 through 28, sorry. Then they entered Capernaum. When the Sabbath arrived, Jesus lost no time to get into the meeting place. He spent the day there teaching. They were surprised at his teaching. So forthright, so confident, none quibbling, quoting like the religious scholars. In other words, he wasn't nothing like them. Suddenly they were still in the meat place. But he was interrupted by a man who was deeply disturbed and yelling out. And this is what he said. What business do you have here with us, Jesus? Nazarene, I know what you're up to. You're the Holy One of God. You've come to destroy us. Well, he, he got that part right. Some said the devil can't tell the truth. He did, he did there. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus shut him up. Huh? What did Jesus tell the devil? Be quiet. Here it says, shut up. He said, well, we don't teach that around my house. We don't either. But we do the demon. We tell them, shut up. Get out. Come out. Tick a lock. <laughs> right? Now watch here. Jesus shut him up. He says, quiet. Get out of him. The afflicted spirit threw the man into spasms, protesting loudly, and then he what? He got out. Everyone there was incredibly buzzing with curiosity. They said, what's going on here? Watch this. A new teaching. Oh. Oh. A teaching that what? Oh. A teaching that does what it says. Can you imagine that? Is that the Bible? That's what Kim Quiet would say, right? A teaching that does what it says? Now, what's the five words? A teaching that does what it says. Can you imagine that? Some of y'all who teach, y'all get about 45 messages right now. You can't, can't, can't shut it off. <laughs> That's what happens to me every time I go to someone's meeting. I'm like, I'm trying to listen. It's like, oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> you get all these things, you know, you're writing over here. So what he's saying is this, demons of sickness, demons of disease, demons of lack, demons that harass are packing up and they're moving out. Head them up, move them out. James 4, 7 says to submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he must flee from you. The message of that says, so let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God, and he'll be there in no time. Amen. What are you saying? I'm saying Satan's not getting his way anymore. Amen. Are you, are you, anyone fed up yet? Amen. Sick and tired of being sick and tired? Yeah. Been fed up with it? Yeah. Surviving instead of thriving? Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Sickness and pain instead of healing and health. Sadness instead of gladness. Confusion instead of peace. Poverty instead of prosperity. Failure, right? Instead of success. Recession and depression instead of increasing the joy of the Lord. But in this time, the whole time, God's been raising up an army. You're a part of that army. Let me tell you something about the army. This army is militant. They're strong. They're not weak. They're aggressive. They're not passive. Huh? They're focused. They're not unfocused. They have a voice. Tell me it's time. Tell Satan, say your time's up. It's time for supernatural increase and promotion. Because the enemy's been stealing from people. Met it, but in two minutes, let him go. No, no, no resistance whatsoever. I, I read a verse, you know, I turned it, but Proverbs 6.31 says, if a thief is found uh, in stealing, if the thief is found, caught, he has to restore sevenfold the substance of that, of that person's house. Amen. Seven times over, he has to restore. Now, what's one thing God wants to do today? Restore. Now, the word restore means simply this, to bring back to a former or original condition. Restore means that, but God's definition, that's, that's Webster. But God's definition, but God's definition of restore means to make better, to improve, to increase, and to multiply. Someone restores furniture or they restore a, a, a home or they restore a vehicle, they bring it back to the, its original condition. But when the enemy has harassed you and taken and stolen and now he has been caught and he has been captured and he has been arrested and the anointing is removed because it's like the devil's got a big warehouse and he's taking all God's people stuff over there. And so now... Once he's been found, we don't just get it back. We get it back with interest. Amen. You, you ought to even try to believe this. You ought, to, you ought to listen and say, man, if that was true, I think I'd get excited. Went through a season of Health issues. Get all your health back and you're seven times healthier. Amen. 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 Lord. Messed with the kids or the grandbabies. And now they're seven more times on fire. Another story, I mean, years ago, we just kind of get started and we, we were having Sunday night Holy Ghost meetings and we had these people come from and I've told this mess, uh, story, some of you had never heard it, but had this people come from Montgomery. They were coming for a while. I don't, I don't even know how they got there, but uh, when we were uh, in the other church. And so they came, and, and uh, on a Sunday night, uh, this, this, this guy named Moses came. Not, not the one in here, but I mean, it, it, was, <laughs> it was another Moses came. He came to me from Montgomery, and I just laid hands on him, and he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he just spoke in tongues, which is cool. But I mean, he really got it. I mean, he really got it. I mean, one of those that is like timber falls on that you can't get you're underneath there. So I have to pull him off. And he's and so his, his wife calls me on Wednesday 
This happened on a Sunday night, and she says, she said, Pastor West, she says, you remember me? She said, I came down, my, my husband, one of us got filled with the Holy Ghost. She said, well, you probably remember his name, Moses. I said, oh, yeah. I said, how's Moses? She says, well, I, I don't know. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I, I got good news and some news that ain't too good anymore. I said, well, what's the good news? She says, he's happy. He's, he's, st he's still praying in tongues. And she said, and he's, he'll cry and he'll laugh and he's praying in tongues. I said, well, what's the bad news? She said, it hasn't stopped since Sunday night and he ain't been to work in three days. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I go in there and she said, and you, you barely get in the room. She said, I don't know what it is. I said, it's called the anointing. She said, it's almost, I can't stand in that room. She said he laughs, he cries, and he just, she said he's been praying in tongues 24 hours a day for three days. She said, can you make him stop? I thought, he didn't teach me that at Raymond. I said, how to, my class is how to get him going. <laughs> and so I thought, uh, well, he does need to, you know, go to work, right? And so uh, I said, well, put the phone next to his ear. So I just spoke, you know. I made something up because I in the verse, how do, you stop, how do you stop the tongue? I said, in Jesus' name, and I, whatever I said. So he stopped. He went to work, such as that. But anyway, this thing, this thing means to bring back, but to bring back with interest. Just for the harassment. You know, people sue people all the time for the harassment. And then they say, I mostly suffered. Right? So they hire, what's his name on every billboard in Alabama? Alex Shinar, you know, whatever. Call us. I'm Alex Shinar. I'm Alex Shinar. I'm Alex Shinar, right? And so they not only get the damage, but, but, but they get you for all the trauma that you caused them and everything else, right? So if we're going to sue the devil, let's just go ahead and get him all the way. He says seven times over. Now watch here. Because he loves us, he wants the best for you, and he desires to bring you into full restoration and full wholeness. Jesus willingly laid down his life, died, then rose again so you could experience the full restoration. But you've you, you got to catch the spirit of this this morning. Not just, the word, not just the word of it. You got to kiss the spirit of it. In other words, you, you, you really can't catch healing. You can't just catch it. You've got to be around with some people who has that spirit on them. Right. Now, you can catch sickness. Right? Somebody can cough on you, you can catch it. And, uh, but you have to get around sick people to catch their germs. But you don't, you, don't, you don't catch healing the same way. You ever notice that? So that's how the enemy works, brings people to you and in your life that way. But if you want healing and you want health or you need increase, you don't just catch it. You have to choose it. You have to, you have to make the choice today to choose the life. To choose to behold Jesus. Yes. You have to make the decision that God is came to my church today, came to me today and said, I want to restore things in your life. And I want to increase and to bring back and to, to, to restore that which has been stolen. And those years of your life when it went this way and the time that took out of your life. And you know, God could do more in six months of restoring your life than if you've never missed it 
and you went on 20 more years, God can restore it more back in six months than you could in 20 years worth of work. Amen. Joel says it this way in chapter 2, verses 24 and 25. The Amplified says, And the threshing floor shall be full of grain, and the vat shall overflow with juice of the grape and the oil. Verse 25 says, And I will restore to you, replace for you the years the locust has eaten, the hopping locust, the stripping locust, and the crawling locust. What all the locusts and their cousins did. I'm going to restore to you and replace for you the years they have eaten at you in this situation. Amen. The next verse says, it says, and you now will eat in plenty. Amen. Until you are satisfied. Man, I wish I had a friend up in this place. That's what Ed the friend you say all the time. He's, he preached a little while and they'd be quiet. He said, I wish I had a friend here today. <laughs> He's with friends now. Amen. But you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dwelt wondrously with you. See, I, I've already decided before I came here because I got this message before I got here. So I'm, I'm fixed. This is your fix. You ready? Galatians 3.13 says, Jesus redeemed you from the curse of the law of being made a curse for you. Now, if he was made a curse for you, why do you want to be one? If he took your place, you said, now let me pay to Right? If someone asked you to pay your, your mortgage or your light bill or your car note, you said, well, no, let me pay, let me pay to Just let me pay it. You're believing God for increase. So said, well, let, let me pay the rent this month. Well, no, I wouldn't feel right. I, I feel right. Go ahead and ask me. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Every trace of the curse is removed from off of your life to the place where there's no, there's so much increase. I, 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 you get the picture of this. Amen. Are you sure? Yeah. Remember this. Every trace of the curse. What was the curse? Spiritual death. Sickness and lack, right? Jesus absorbed all of that for you. Took your place. And now the restoration is here. And every, every trace of the curse is removed out of your life so that there's nothing but room for just increase. I'm talking about to the place to where it's even hard to remember when it used to be that way. He's trying to remember when we was believing for that last two dollars. How much gas can we put in the car? Can we put it in the car? You're just trying to remember that way. You're trying to remember when you was a hundred there. Then you're trying to remember when you was a thousand there. You're trying to remember when you lived on five digits a year. Got quiet in this press by tearing place, didn't it? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Tr trying to remember when it, when, when, when you was trying to get enough. Hope to have enough. And now you're in more than enough. Yeah. More than enough. Yeah. Goodness and mercy has followed you every day of your life. You, you're being followed. Huh? Heaven put a, heaven put Someone on your tail, you, you, you look in your rearview mirror and say, I feel like I'm always being followed. It's goodness and mercy. 
<laughs> they follow me every day of my life. Every day of my life, I'm being followed. Oh, good, and mercy, huh? Every trace of the curse. Removed. <clears throat> Jeremiah 30, 17 in the ESV says, For I will restore health to you and your wounds, and I will, and I will heal, declares the Lord. As a believer, we have a right to expect and receive restoration of the things that the enemy has stolen from us. The Bible says in Acts chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, we won't turn there, that heaven is retaining Jesus, holding him back. So I, I, I think he's going to come uh, next week. Well, let me give you a little, little bit more insight into that. Heaven said, I'm going to retain Jesus and hold him back until everything is restored. Everything's restored. Everything's restored. Jesus is ready to come and the Lord said, I've got some more restoration to do. Going for the glorious church. The militant churches at work. Demons are saying, I knew you was coming, but you weren't supposed to show up now. <laughs> we heard y'all was coming. We heard y'all was coming. We just moved in here. I've only been living in her for two weeks, and now you, you're sending me out. Can I go live in that dog? I don't care. <laughs> now I'm not talking to your dog. Okay, don't get don't get mad. So heaven's retaining Jesus till things fully restored. Hallelujah. So Acts 3, 20, 21 tells us before Jesus comes back for his church that we will experience times of restoration of all things. Amen. Man, what great hope that gives me. How about you? If you or your family is being attacked in any area, any area, God, we say, Father, I will not allow the enemy to rob me of my health, of my marriage, of my home, my children, my finances, my dreams. None of it. These are blood-bought covenant rights. Yes. The blood of Jesus purchased this for you. Yes. Jesus purchased this. Amen. When people are restored by God under the new covenant, we always receive much more than what we lost Amen. in terms of quality, in terms of quantity under the new birth covenant. Amen. It's turning. Amen. Turning out amazing. Amen. It's turning. Amen. What's in five words? Amen. It's turning. Amen. And what ain't turned, still turning. It's turning. Hallelujah. You see, well, this ain't turned out amazing yet. It's turning. Yes. It's turning. Amen. Now God is going to conduct his heaviest business today in this church in an atmosphere of joy. Ain't no one does no surgery with no anesthetics. Ain't no one, well, I say, ain't no one go operate on me with no anesthetics. <laughs> so I want to do this natural. Not me. I want drugs, man. I want, I, I want to be numb. If, if, if pain's coming, give me something. Yeah. 
<laughs> right? You say, well, you know, you should be brave. Well, I'm not. No one's going to drill in my mouth or cut me with a knife and, 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 until I don't feel it. Would you agree with that, Ms. Dana, that we should have some anesthetics? She's a surgical nurse. Have you ever met anyone who says, I want to do this natural? <laughs> oh, you have? See, there are some crazy folks up in the world. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and slice me. I just, I just want to do this natural. <laughs> See, the, 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 they out there. <laughs> they some people out there. Now, so it's turning. Say it's turning. It's turning. And turning. And turning. And, turning. and turning. And the five words is what from heaven? Laughter is a sign of captivity being turned. It's one of the signs. It's working. It's a sign. Jesus said, you know it's going to rain. How do you know? Well, I look up in the clouds, the dark and the thunder. Laughter is a sign that your captivity is being turned. So here's one of my questions to you. How long have you been under attack? How long have you lived below your privileges as a child of God? How much has the enemy devoured? Yeah. See, the whole, the whole church has an escape mentality. Oh, please let the rapture happen right now. Oh, I got mortgage due Monday. <laughs> Grass has got to be cut. Oh, my gosh. Escape, escape, escape. So the mentality, sometimes the church is escape, but the mentality of the kingdom is not to escape, but the mentality of the, of the kingdom of God is not escape, but to invade. To invade. To invade. To invade. To invade. We have a message. Satan. I feel good. Your time is what? Get out. Now, can we play with this just a minute? Thank you. Job 42.10 said, the Lord has turned to captivity. He's turned your captivity. Now, just picture this, okay? Kids are really good at imagining things, right? Just be like a child for a moment. Imagine God showing up at your house and saying to you, I will restore to you everything. All the demons in hell have to stand by and watch. While God takes all the ruin of your setbacks and the loss of embarrassment, and he has to watch all as God returns all your devastation into restoration. And the devil just has to sit there and watch. You get a picture of that? What if that setback had never happened? What if that child had never... What if that husband... What if the business hadn't have... What if I hadn't made the bad choice to, and all that gets turned? He said, he's turning your what? Captivity. Say, he's turning my what? Captivity. So he knows something went wrong. He knows we made some bad choices. He knows we, we should have this instead of that. But he's not, he's not running from you. He's embracing you. And he's saying, okay, you, you, you made a choice. You shouldn't have made this choice. You shouldn't have made that choice. But, hey, let's go. Let's, let's move forward. Now I'm going to take your captivity and I'm going to turn it. Yes. What the devil meant for bad, I'm going, to, I, I'm, I'm going to take this bad stuff 
because I'm the only one who can do this. I'm going to take everything bad because no one knows how to do this except me. I'm El Shaddai. I'm the one who knows everything. I can do anything. I can change anything. I can do anything. I'm going to take all this bad and I'm going to watch it. I'm going to make something good because can't no one else do it but God. God's big enough to take all the and turn it into something wonderful. He said, how could you work with this? You can't. He can. He said, give me all your... And he said, watch what I make out of it. I watched my wife, sometime raising four kids, make supper out of, out of what? She said, uh, we're going to have something to eat in here in a little while. I said, I mean, when, when they were all real little, we were living in a two-bedroom trailer with five kids. I mean, no, 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 three. Uh, we, no, it was five of us, three of them was kids. Three-bedroom trailer. It was wonderful, too. You ought, to live, you ought to live in a two-bedroom trailer. Some of y'all done this. Maybe you're doing it. Five-bedroom mobile home, three kids. Two kids are in the same room with you. The baby has the other room by itself. One, one sleeping in the bed at the end of your bed, and the other one sleeping over here in a lawn chair. It was wonderful. Why the clothes is washing? You say, what's the big deal with that? Well, they're spinning. How many of y'all live in a mobile home? Hallelujah. Thank God for my home. I, I still like them. But I'll never forget <laughs> when it goes to spinning. Not a double wide, single wide. What happens when the washing spins in, in a single wide mobile home? We live in the metropolis area of Stanton one time. Y'all know where Stanton is? Yeah. Give that man a go watch. <laughs> if he even knows the answer to that. <laughs> and so we, we were doing that and, and uh, we were trying to get the kids quiet and she was doing the wash. We was laying down, you know, and all of a sudden I said, what's, what's that? I said, we, we don't have earthquakes here, do we? She says, no, that's the wash machine. I said, well, why are we shaking? She said, because it is. <laughs> and we live like from here to the highway from the train. And all of a sudden, <laughs> and about 2 o'clock in the morning, I got up because I had to go to the bathroom, right? I forgot. I forgot that I got a kid in a lawn chair beside me. That's his bed. <laughs> We're not camping trying to have some fun. That's where you stay. <laughs> but I forgot he was there, so I got 2 o'clock, and then you step on a, a, a three-year-old. <laughs> and he screams out, oh! Well, at the end of our bed, Amy's laying. She's about that big. So... Chad screams, wakes up Amy. Train. Are we having fun yet? Before we went to bed, we've been, we've been arguing and fighting. Imagine that. About finances. Imagine that. And I accused her of not knowing how to manage money. I said, it's the 16th of the month and we out of money. The 16th of the month and we out of money. And I accused her of misappropriating funds, of not knowing how to manage money. Imagine that. You know what she told me? This hurt. I said, you don't know anything about how to manage money. She said, that's because you've never given me enough to practice with. 
that hurt. <laughs> that was painful. <laughs> so it was. So we was watching, you know, during the night where she was and laying there and here come that train. It's like, oh man. <laughs> now I stepped on that on that kid right, right in his stomach. It was one of three for threefold chairs, you know. You know what I'm talking about? Like you, they're made to take to the beach. It didn't say bed. And then we'd put quilts in it, you know, make it like a mattress, and I pull it right up next to my bed, you know. Then I, what I'm supposed to do, but how many of you woke up tired and you're not thinking, you know, two, three in the morning? So I, I wake up and I'm, I'm supposed to get up and I'm supposed to scoot myself to the end of the bed. <laughs> well, not the end, because at the end of the bed, pulled up to the, the not the headboard, the, the footboard is where the baby bed is. So we in here, Chad right there, Amy's right there at the end of the bed. So I had this little room past the lawn chair. And that's where I'm supposed to come in and out. But I just forgot and just stepped on him. And he went, ah! Baby go, ooh! And that set us off. That set us off. And the problem is, we was almost three payments behind, and they were calling us. Imagine that. Said, so we're going to come get it. Get it. <laughs> just, just get it. <laughs> and sometimes we thought, well, we just get out of this house and, and just get in the car and go somewhere. But my car wouldn't run right. So you couldn't escape to that. I had no Buick Regal. And I, didn't, I don't know about mechanics. And it wouldn't crank. Well, it would, but you had to go back and you, have to, you had to, something's wrong with the distributor, so if you turn it this way, it crank. You know what I'm talking about. It cranked, but if it, I, I found out if it, if it went from here, it would crank. But the problem is it wouldn't turn off. You ever had a car that wouldn't turn off when you turned it off? How many of y'all ever had a car like that way back that when you turn off it, you, you tell it, no, we're through now. <laughs> so I found out Later on, if I turn it back this way, it turned off, but it wouldn't crank. So every time I got ready to go somewhere, I would pop the hood, turn it this way, got ready to leave, you had to open up and turn back that way. It took a while to figure that out. I mean, one day I was going to Win Dixie, and, and the first second time I was doing it, we, we stopped the car to go in to get some groceries, and cut the car off, and it was like, oh, 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 oh. and I told myself, come on, walk fast. We <laughs> was like, that ain't mine, that ain't mine, that ain't mine, that ain't mine. <laughs> By that time, we started going to church, a little word church. One first thing the pastor said, he said, all right, joy of the Lord, your strength. And I thought, I ain't got none of that. <laughs> and they said, what, joy nor strength. <laughs> so he's turning devastation into restoration. Amen. So if all you see is devastation. You're not in the presence where you see the fullness of joy because in his presence is what? Fullness of joy. So you ought to enjoy your privileges. Don't you think so? And helping others with overflow. Remember Joel 2.21 says, before restoration and refreshing, 
He said, you have to be glad and rejoice. Hallelujah. Now, I, I, I said before the restoration, before that. See, God's got a faith. Before the restoration, before seven times payback, before the multiplication, he said, you must be glad and rejoice. Refreshing and restoration are linked to your perspective and attitude about your circumstance. Are you good? Some people I say are so negative when you say good morning, they say, hang around. It ain't over yet. Hmm? The greatest expression of faith is thanksgiving and praise. Do we believe that we receive that when we pray? Do we? Right? Then why wait to rejoice till after something shows up? You know what worry is? Worry is meditating the problem instead of the Word of God. Hmm? People say, I don't have time to meditate the Word. But you are meditating because you worry all day. Sometimes people say, you ain't got enough sense to worry. Thank God they don't. Yeah. If you had no sense, you'd be worried about this. Well, I don't have no sense. Right? What's the worst they can do? Eat you? You just know if they come get me, I'm going to come live with y'all, don't you? So I'm not worried about it. <laughs> if you spend time meditating and worrying about your future, you will become sicker because you will have a broken spirit. Hmm? Your immune system will become weaker. God told Abraham, if you can see it, you can have it. All right, let's finish up here. He didn't say see it with a natural eye. That's not what he said. He said, if you can see it in the spirit, what I promised you in the word, and you speak that, you can have it. And our minds grab hold of the God-given image, then we can have it. Can you imagine it? Can you see it with with the eyes of the spirit? You can't go where you can't see. That I'm sure of. Put you on a road, you know nothing out at midnight, and say, here, here's your car, but you can't turn the lights on. You can't go where you can't see. But if you can see it, if you can see ahead of you, you can go where you can't see. Can you imagine it? Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. Think about Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. That's a situation that went bad. In the natural. But Jesus wasn't seeing that. He just told the disciples, he said, they said, well, if he, if he rests, he does good. He said, he's dead. He finally just told him he's dead. But, but we're headed there. See, we think it's too late. Because Lazarus is dead. No. You might have a situation like Lazarus where we went from bad to worse. To rotten, to putrefied. It ain't over yet. If you take Jesus to your dead situations, he'll bring life to it. Glory to God. Well, praise God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.